This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at the latest Marvel movie, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and the difficulties of a girl from Finland travelling through Russia by train in compartment number six. We'll also be talking to Nick Paris about the Italian Film Festival, which is now showing at the Lumiere Cinemas. Hello. In compartment number six, we travel through northern Russia by train with a girl from Finland who has been studying in Moscow. Robin Munro has been off to the Lumiere cinemas to see this sometimes disturbing drama about the relationship she forms with a very difficult young Russian man. Uh, Robin, I understand that you had already read the book on which this film is based. What do you think of this version of compartment number six? I think it's uh, a very uh, good uh, version. I mean, the, the uh, changes are really rather superficial. The, the environment is still the same. Oh. Uh, and um, <laughs> it conveys it um, very well in film as it did in the book. Yes. Well, this uh, by environment, you mean compartment number six itself. <laughs> yes. <the> yes. Train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit rough. <laughs> well, uh, we're just saying that... Um, uh, if you are travelling in New Zealand, if you don't like your travel companions on the bus or the train, you probably don't have to speak to them for two or three hours or you can sort of brush them off. But when you go on long train journeys, you're kind of stuck with them. And yeah, it could take four or five days or something, whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah. when, she, when uh, he first uh, makes a very bad impression, um, he's, he's absolutely uh, not woke, uh, obnoxious, uh, sexist possibly violent uh, she does try and find another compartment but she isn't able to and yeah. but she's able to um, slowly come to terms with that yeah and he's a sort of bloke of so rough guy who shaves his own head yes <laughs> <laughs> yes now well, I must add there um, and the film is set back um, just after the um, collapse of the um, Soviet Union and um you know, so that so things are still more or less the communist style done as uh, as that and as we too know because we travelled on that Trans Siberian train for more than just a few hours. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that take quite a few days. Yes, and 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 that was pretty rough. 
and that would have been the first year or so. I, I think it was 1993. Yeah, and th- mm. this is this is close to that. It's yes. not I don't I don't know if there is actually a year pinned down. But yes, there's always a lot of comings and goings with the train, and interesting characters coming past, and uh, <laughs> good and bad. Uh, the focus on the film is certainly on these two, um, but there's still um, some other surrounding um, events, and the the weather is very bleak, and and really um, this. Uh, young woman who you might feel quite uh, that she was in quite some danger and so on mm. um, no one really looks after her except perhaps slowly him yes that's slowly I mean they, they are stuck there together they yes. do get to know each other slowly mm. they go on the train itself they go off to the food department there and eat together and all this sort of thing and um, uh, but I mean to me I, I never got to like the guy <laughs> no he, he, he really isn't very likeable but he, but he, he was really <laughs> ready to help in various ways and in some ways this tough talk it's, it is kind of trying to repel people from him I mean he starts off he is Russian he thinks she's Estonian and he says oh we've got everything oh, in Russia right. that you've yeah. got in Estonia I, I mean it's not really a very good introduction but I think we slowly see he's a little bit of a man-child and um, it's not that actually he doesn't have uh, at least friendly feelings towards her, not necessarily um, stronger ones. No, uh, no, it's necessarily but, sexual issues. But he it's isn't, not yeah, there. The, uh, sexual issues, not mm. there, but but at the same time, uh, he, he, he may well like her, but he, he, he finds this very hard to express. Yes, and yes. Very hard to express and, mm. and he's, a, he's a troubled soul. Mm. And and so is she because she we see her in the opening party sequence there, there she's still back in Moscow from where mm-hmm. she's trapped where she's been studying and she's been studying in Moscow and her landlady has become her lover um, and her landlady associates yeah. with a lot of sort of academic types, and they're not very sure about this Finnish woman, who actually speaks pretty good Russian and understands pretty well, <laughs> but she's not quite at their level. And um, slowly as the journey goes on, uh, this woman uh, rings back to Moscow, and her former teacher um, and lover shows less and less interest in her, and that's uh, the, 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 the woman is really quite upset by that. By losing this, yes. yes. Oh, she, yeah, she tries to make phone calls back and hardly gets, yeah. and just have a good conversation with her at any mm. stage. And you get all this, uh, and you get, I mean, uh, uh, what uh, the film has got that sort of realistic feeling about it. It's like we've said already about that. It's a pretty rough sort of little train that they're on there. There's no you well. Get to feel that. <laughs> well, well, possibly because we know what it feels like. But, uh, you know, you. You get um, all these things, and um, also I, I wasn't aware of it while we were watching it, but I realised, I found out afterwards that the, it was filmed with handheld cameras, mm-hmm. which also give it a the sort movement of, of the train, yeah, sort and, of, and, and, yeah. yeah, more sort of um, a human movement to the whole film, and that's it's, it's a very clever. Um, sort of a film in that way. The way it's set up. Mm. It's also, uh, I mean, it's not in the film at all, but of course now we have the internet and cell phones and you wouldn't be so isolated, but on these long journeys then, you really couldn't communicate very much with anybody else. And (laughs) now people would be looking at their phones the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you sort of wonder, is this... uh, It was written by... um, uh, a woman for, uh, born in Finland, uh, as a novel by Rosa Lixon, 
And um, you sort of wonder, is she making some criticism of the uh, Russian people, Russian men's attitudes to it? Because this is what you wonder that I, I, in I, the I, early sequence when they first meet and she's, he's so rough to her and rude to her. But, but I don't think that necessarily is a point because they're Russian and Finnish. It's, uh, but, you know, it's... Two people, they're two human beings. Two human beings. Not they even, both need even, a little bit of help at the moment, yep. and they slowly, slowly find it in each other. Mm-hmm. Mm, and I think that's about it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. That was Robin Munro with his views on compartment number six, and I'm Hans Petrovic on Plains FM ninety six point nine. Now on the phone is Nick Paris with information on the Italian Film Festival, which has already started at the Lumiere Cinemas. Uh, Nick, I believe the Italian Festival will continue on for most of this month. Can you tell us about some of the highlights that will be screening? Yeah, well, a lot. It's a very interesting mixture this year, full of you know classic reissues um, and films from the past that have done really well, which he's brought back. And one of which is called From the Vine, and that is about a sort of a downtrodden CEO whose sort of life has gone out of whack. So he decides to go back to a little town in Italy called um, Assirenza. Um, to sort of find his roots by purchasing his um, grandmother's um, vineyard. And um, uh, just, you know, I mean, obviously it's set against the wine, the wine country of Italy, but it's just, yeah, someone trying to re- regather who, who he is, um, that it's exp- that is experiencing an existential crisis. Um, from the vine is definitely, yeah, definitely one of the highlights. Um, as is the Truffle Hunters. And I don't know if that's on your list, Hans, but it needs <laughs> to be. It's a, it's a doco, a beautiful, relaxing doco about a group of northern Italy farmers who, them and their dogs, go out truffle hunting um, and sell it to the, you know, the local market and villages and stuff. Uh, so it's a fly on the wall from the dog's perspective as well, as much as the owners um, of the beautiful art of truffle hunting. And I think in Canterbury it has relevance because we're one of the best truffle-growing areas or regions in New Zealand. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, we've (laughs) just got the right soils, the right growing conditions and seasons and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, yeah, so, you know, there's a couple of couple of highlights and of course there's documentaries of, of Italian artists you know Caravaggio is, is definitely one of them yeah um, and you know, a host of Rossellini um, uh, restorations Rome Open City Journey to Italy yeah I was just going to mention that that is one mm. that I personally would love to see this is uh, uh, Ross, uh, director Roberto Rossellini I mean um, this film he made this film back in 1954 with Ingrid Bergman, Bergman. and George Sanders yeah and and, um, you know, so this was quite a big... And this was a big thing. And I understand that this film, um, this is about two non-Italian people visiting, you yeah. know, on a sort of holiday visit. And, um, 
you know, so but that this film was quite different in its sort of modernised way that it handled the subject, that um, it triggered off the um, Italian film industry and made it so big. This is going back to the uh, this film was made in 1954, yeah, that's and, it's, right, and yeah. then it's only a few years later that. Um, Federico Fellini made La Dolce Vita, which was an amazingly popular Italian film, and it was something new and fresh for them to come out with. And, yep. and I gather this journey to Italy may have been a bit responsible for triggering that whole thing off. Yeah. And, and what's better, it's a oh, look a stunning, um, stunning 4K restoration as well. They've done a really good job of of a you know cleaning it up and looking pretty pristine. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. To be honest, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, well, and the same applies. You've already mentioned some films about um, Italian artists, and uh, there's one that um, I particularly will be looking forward to seeing, and that's the um, the Vatican museums. These are because the amazing thing is, you go to the Vatican. You expect it all to be deeply religious, but they actually um, collected a wider variety of uh, art artwork over oh. over the centuries and they've got it there in, in several different museums. Chagall, Van Gogh, you know, da, yeah. Salvador Dali, um, Da Vinci, Caravaggio, of course, yeah. Yeah, a, a, yeah. yeah. yeah and I mean, and they've even got sort of one place has got the um, the ceiling all painted by one of these. I think it's been Da Vinci, I'm not sure. You know, it, it's uh, and, and all of that's in this film and I think this that is one that I'm going to... I, I have been through this a couple of times and I'd love to go back and see all this again. <laughs> um, yeah, one of these days, yeah. Um, and, and I guess one of my personal favourites is one that's actually a late entry into the festival. It's not even in the brochure, which is Once Upon a Time in the West, um, and that is your classic, um, you know, spaghetti western uh, with Claudia Cardinal, Henry Fonda, Charles Bronson and J- Jason Robards. And I think every fest- Italian festival needs to have a spaghetti western in it. And this is probably the best <laughs> one of all time. It's definitely a masterpiece and a beautiful score by Inoue Morricone as well. Yeah, that's right. I haven't heard that term spaghetti western for yeah, a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yes, yeah, so some of those films have been good over the years too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, this is, yeah, go on. Yeah, no, no. So, so that's going to look pretty, pretty good on the big cinemascope screen. That's for sure. Yeah, and um, the audience—it's best for people to book in, isn't it? it, it um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because some of the morning sessions have been quite busy. So, yeah, just drop drop us a line or or ring us, and we'll put us put a seat aside for you. But I'm I'm glad the festival's got back into its rhythm of, of a November uh, event, and people seem to be quite happy. Um, you know, after COVID, it's sort of upset the mm. the algorithm a bit. But yeah, it's very much at home again now. Yeah, and and where's the best place for, or how can people best find out what films are on where and when yeah. and all this? Where if they got access to the programs in the easiest way? Yeah, so we've got a limited amount of programs left, but by far and large, the booklets the are they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The website has a specific. Our website has a specific area for the festival, um, like a one one click um, place that you can view the program schedule and buy tickets from. So, yeah. Ah, yeah. so you get to see what they're about and and get your and yeah, book, and book in as well. Trailer. Yeah, view the trailer as well. Oh, wow! Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, it's yep. amazing what you can do these days. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I mean, the, the, that festival, the Italian festival, has always been quite a popular one for you people. So, um, again, this year I'm looking forward to catching up to at least a couple of um, ones that I've got to catch up with. <laughs> Okay, Nick. Okay. Well, anyway, it's, it's all great. Well. Thanks for talking to you. That was Nick Paris of the Lumia Cinemas with news of the Italian Film Festival, which is currently screening there. And I'm Hans Petrovic on Plains FM 96.9. I also thank this show's sponsor, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again... Asset managers, one word, .co.nz. In Black Panther, Wakanda, forever, the people in the country by that name mourn the death of their king, who is also the Black Panther. Carolyn Brown's been off to the Silky Otter cinemas at Wigram to see this Marvel movie with great technological and action sequences. Uh, Carolyn, I had heard that Chadwick Boseman, who played the Black Panther, in the first episode of the series had died a couple of years ago. So how can you make a Black Panther movie without Boseman? Very easily. You tell the other female characters to step up and lead, and they do. This is such a good film. Very strong female leads yes, in this yes. film. Um, Marvel just amazing me every time. They're just, they're just raising the bar for science fiction, for, for fantasy fiction. Every time. I really, really love this yeah. one. Well, I mean, this was quite a, a, a shock to these people that um, uh, Chadwick Boseman had died a couple of years ago mm. because this was a, this was a, a very much an unexpected death and uh, and um, the film at that time, had they were working on it, developing yes, it, yeah. and this film had to be reworked and uh, then the death delayed the production quite a bit and it came did. out even later than they did. It did, and, and full respect to, um, to Boseman, and they do cover it in the film very respectfully and very lovely, um, very sweet. But there, there are other... They had developed the other characters in the film already, so it wasn't yeah. that much of a hard stretch for them to change the script a little bit and give the other characters in the film more of a, more screen time and, yes. it, and it works it, it works wonderfully if, if anything it makes it an even better film because it talks about it it focuses on what you do when the superhero is gone what do you do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> yeah. you bring the other ones in and I um they bring in new characters as well I mean we've got a new um Evil Doctor, um, a, a new antagonist in this film, um, who's from the underwater world, and he's just awesome. And it's just, it's not so much about the plain old ordinary humans. This film, it's about the, <laughs> these two civilizations that have lived outside of normal population, Probably, and, yeah. mm. but they protect the world in their own ways. And yeah, 
Yeah. It's great. Oh, no. Yeah, it, yeah. it's, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the first film uh, very much. So, mm, you know, but, this yeah. is fair. I mean, I found the whole film somewhat complex at times. I wasn't quite sure yeah, you... where, where it was going. Um, but uh, but to me, it was the technological aspect of this film. Yeah. Uh, you know, and all of this, it was amazing. And you've got these, you know, where the villain lives, the one who wants to uh, Underwater, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's... Um, his people live underwater somehow. Yeah. And uh, this t- technology, the filming of that, all these people swimming underwater and doing their thing under there, you know, that's amazing stuff to... Yeah, it is. And in you. some way it is competition to DC's Aquaman because it deals with a similar um, supervillain who lives... Well, in Aquaman it's a superhero, but this is a supervillain oh, yeah. who lives yeah. under the sea. Um, but what I was going to say is that complexity thing, that's what I like, though, because you really don't want to go... Like, sometimes you want to go to a movie and you want it to be formulaic, with like rom-coms. You, want, you know what happens and you, you just go along because you want to enjoy it. But when they add a bit of complexity to other films... It just makes it more interesting, I think, oh, that yes. you don't know where it's going, you don't know how it's going to end. <laughs> <laughs> and um, especially with Marvel films, because they're very well known for their cliffhangers uh, as well and, and and surprise elements in their films. So they keep their audience engaged. And this is the final film. I mean, there's been 30 Marvel films in this particular front franchise going into the Marvel Universe. And uh, these are all basically with overlapping characters. You never know quite who's going to turn up in what film or what the... <laughs> well, no, that's the fun of it. It's like, who's going to turn up in this yeah, film? Well, this has got me quite confused. <laughs> Sorry. But you're much more of a fan than I am. I, I mean, they do you... make their films for their fans, absolutely. And this is the <laughs> final film in Phase 4. So now they're going off into a whole new phase of films and a whole lot of characters. I mean, there's only Guardians, there's another Guardians film coming up and there's another Ant-Man film coming up and there's another Captain America. So, yeah, there really isn't the end of Phase 4 or 3. But um, they are bringing in a lot of new actors and new characters to help keep it growing and bring in a whole new generation of viewers, Hmm. which is awesome. Another uh, important aspect of this film is that um, it's also on the... It seriously um, uh, deals with the, the sort of issue, ra- racial issues and all of these sort of things because this is one of these amazing films in which would be ninety five percent black people playing. Yeah, this. and that's, for, and this is pretty amazing for an and American film. And it's awesome film. to see because and, for so long we haven't we like you have you haven't really even noticed if a film's been ninety percent white. No, so no, that's, it should get that's, to a point, that's what Hollywood films are. Yeah, basically. but it should get to a point where you shouldn't notice how much of the ethnicity of the makeup of the mm. film. You go and watch a film for the story and for the characters, not for the colour of the people's skin. And that's yeah. what I think anyway. Yeah, no, this is, but, yeah. I mean, it certainly makes that issue a point of that issue. And um, I think this is just so healthy to see. And to me, it was yeah. a, a parallel to uh, this film, the way it's set together, with a, a lot of um, uh, women in it. Yeah. And also, as it happens, black women in this one. Yep. There, there's another film that was here. Just uh, it's still showing at some cinemas now. Is a film that was made in actually in Africa, mm. The Woman King. Yes, and that had a very similar sort of a parallel 
plot because you've got women sort of training to fight against the uh, out outside enemies yeah. and and all of this sort of thing you know so you've got that theme coming up now in a in a, a Hollywood film movie yeah more and more mm. I mean it's always been there in a way I mean Wonder Woman what that was way back in the 1970s it was first female lead superhero film with Wonder Woman um, but yeah. yeah no it is good to see and I, I hardly employ it the other thing I really liked about this film one of the problems I had with the last couple of Marvel films is that they had a lot of flashing lights which was putting off a lot of people like me who had light sensitivity and I was beginning to think oh I'm not going to be able to go and see my favourite genre of films anymore because I spend half my time not watching the screen but this film <laughs> mm, was yeah. very easy on the eyes I mean it was very still very action filled yeah, but it didn't yeah. have any of that stuff that sets off us poor light sensitive people so that's a big bonus big plus for me for this film yeah, yeah. so okay well I think that's just about um, oh we've run out of time than, yeah oh, but uh, yeah <laughs> anyway it's, it's, it's strong powerful interesting stuff it is good thank you thanks That was Carolyn Brown with her views on Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday, and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on the Plains FM website. That's plainsfm.org.nz. (laughs) 